You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Coming up on today's episode, we get ready for the start of free agency. No more Svetch in Winnipeg, plus the latest moves around the NHL. Hello, everybody. Recording live from somewhere. What's good and welcome to another episode of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki. You can follow me on Twitter at Brandon underscore Rewicki or the podcast at Skates Plates Pod. And the frenzy is just about upon us. Hope you guys had an awesome weekend and getting ready for the madness to kick off in just a few days time here. Free agency finally in the middle of July is about to get underway in the NHL. And some significant movement is already underway, and we'll see if that's going to be the case here in Winnipeg in about 24, 48 hours from now, as we await the latest on the fate of the captain, some of the blue liners, some other guys down the middle of the ice here. It's it's going to be very, very interesting how this all unfolds for the Winnipeg Jets, so let's get right into it here with the free agency preview show what's to come here for the club and what that first domino to fall is ultimately gonna look like here so let's get right into it and really when we talk about what the Winnipeg Jets could be doing in free agency who some of the names that are available right now might actually be viable targets we we can't really do any of that without first getting some Closure and some finality on Blake Wheeler's trade situation with the club. When you talk about potentially $8.25 million heading out the door, potentially four, five, six million dollars coming back in, picks this, this, that, that. It's tough to get a sense on what the Jets really want to do until that first big move is ultimately made here. The crappy part is no update so far. No news has broken when it comes to the Jets captain and some trade talk here. So we're kind of left with the same information we've had for about, what is it, like I I think two weeks now? It's just been status quo and it's going to stay that way, it seems like, until free agency kicks off. My best guess is that, and look, it does feel like a foregone conclusion that Blake Wheeler is going to be moved out of Winnipeg at some point this offseason. I don't really think that's up for debate anymore it's just going to be when and where this move ultimately takes place 
And when you take a look at the free agent market right now and what's available for some of these teams, my best guess is this, is that we do not see a Blake Wheeler trade until the last few high-profile winger dominoes start to fall. And that would be Johnny Gaudreau out in the open market right now. You know, David Perron has entered the chat. We'll get to him in just a sec, but... A lot of the guys that were slated to hit the open market have locked up deals with either their new or old teams, right? Fiala have been traded. Philip Forsberg has been signed right now. A lot of teams looking to make a splash are really left with not a whole lot to do when it comes to the winger spot. And, and really, Johnny Gaudreau is the final big fish left in the pond here. And it's interesting because to me, there really are just three teams that I believe are legitimately in the mix for the services of Johnny Gaudreau. And and that's not including the Calgary Flames, by the way. But that would be the Philadelphia Flyers, the New Jersey Devils, and the New York Islanders. No real big surprises there. That's been the names we've heard the most over this last few weeks of the Johnny Gaudreau sweepstakes. The Devils... Tons of cap space wanting to kick down the door to a playoff spot. The Islanders want to get back to the conference finals where they were just two seasons ago. And the Flyers have no idea what the hell they're doing. But Johnny Gaudreau grew up in the Philadelphia area just outside there. And boy, it would be a hell of a story to have the hometown boy come back and play for his hometown Flyers. That's why those three teams are in the mix right now. And I believe that until Gaudreau finds his new spot, we're not going to get a sense of where Blake Wheeler is going to ultimately be heading. Because I do believe that two of those three teams, at the very least, are the prime candidates to be Blake Wheeler landing spots. So, for me, if you're a Jets fan in this situation, best case scenario would be that Johnny Gaudreau ends up in Philadelphia. I, I just don't see how the Flyers, who are already you know, so close up to the cap, are going to be able to fit in Blake, Blake Wheeler's salary in a trade without sending something pretty significant back. doesn't seem like they're all that interested in making a move for the soon-to-be former Jets captain either. Now, hey, they got to give us some salary to get Johnny Gaudreau in. No doubt about that, but that's a little bit easier said than done for a guy that just put up 115 points this past year. So the reason why I say that would be best case scenario for the Winnipeg Jets is obviously because he doesn't head over to New Jersey or to Long Island. Then all of a sudden you have two desperate teams looking to make a splash up front specifically that don't have a whole lot of targets left to take a run at. And that presents a damn good scenario for Kevin Shovelday in the Winnipeg Jets because I believe... You just saw something similar to that take place with the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Ottawa Senators and the Matt Murray trade, where the Leafs were forced to pivot pretty quickly in a goaltender market that is dwindling by the second. There are not a whole lot of starters left available. And at that point, they seemingly had to pivot to a, either a plan C or a plan D make the best out of a bad situation, and take a chance at a guy with a lot of question marks on him. We'll, we'll get to that move a little later on in the show, right? But the Leafs all of a sudden found themselves in a bind, and the Ottawa Senators were able to take advantage of that. To me, this is how the Winnipeg Jets can take advantage of a similar situation. The Devils strike out 
on Johnny Gaudreau. They weren't able to get a Slavkovsky in the draft. They weren't able to make a trade or didn't want to pony up for one of the other free agents out there on the market. Maybe somebody like Blake Wheeler becomes a lot more palatable to a team like the Devils or to a team like the Islanders and they go out of their way to try to make it work. Maybe it doesn't take as many sweeteners. Maybe there's no retained salad, right? You kind of get my drift here. That would be how the Winnipeg Jets could benefit the most as they look to move their captain out the door. Now, are the Devils and Islanders the only teams potentially interested in Blake Wheeler? No, I, I, I don't believe that's the case. There very well might be a surprise team or two that comes out of nowhere and shocks us all with a move for the Jets captain. But these are the two that make the most sense. They have assets they can send back. The salaries could potentially be pretty close to even that maybe this is a trade that is able to happen in the old change of scenery department of moves. And so that's why I think the big move to watch if you're the Winnipeg Jets right now is to what happens with Johnny Gaudreau and then how do those two teams in particular react once the big fish finds himself at a different market. That's going to be the fascinating part of this. The other intriguing subplot of this Blake Wheeler trade is not only where he goes and what comes back, but are the Winnipeg Jets maybe looking to make a bit of a splash in free agency if they're able to open up some cap space and try to fill the hole that Blake Wheeler left. Try to fill, you know, we, we haven't talked about this for a while now, but the hole that Paul Stasny has also left open here as he's a UFA heading to market and it's been pretty damn quiet on the Paul Stasny front here in Winnipeg, right? So, so there are some holes in this lineup that will need to be filled and as promising as, you know, lower end of the lineup guys like, you know, a Harkins or a Morgan Barron might be right now, you wouldn't mind having a bit more certainty, right? Ha having a guy that's been there, done that, enter the fold here in Winnipeg. And fortunately for the Jets, there are a few pretty damn good options out there. And one of them, as we now pivot towards some free agent targets for the Winnipeg Jets, one of them just entered the fray on Monday night. And that was actually one of my preferred targets for the Winnipeg Jets after the season came to a close. I just did not think he would be up for grabs whatsoever because he seemed happy. The teams and the players' relationship was good. I figured, you know what, he's going to re-sign there and tough luck for the Jets. They won't be able to nab this guy on the open market. But that changed with the news that the St. Louis Blues will not be able to fit David Perron under their salary cap at the moment. Therefore, the veteran winger is going to be hitting the free agent market. And to me, this is a guy that checks off all the boxes here when it comes to adding a piece to this Winnipeg Jets forward core. And he's the rare he's the rare guy where you have the intangibles checked in, but the production and the skill level is right there alone to back it all up. You were talking about a guy that over the last couple of seasons has basically been a point-of-game player for the St. Louis Blues. Four seasons now. You know, just a shade under that. And when it comes to playoff time, he's actually elevated his game a little bit as well. I mean, this past postseason, he was arguably St. Louis's best player with 13 points in 12 playoff games. And on top of that, you've got that veteran presence that he brings, but he's physical as all hell. 
And like we saw with the contrary confrontation a few times with that Colorado series, he's got an edge to him. He's borderline dirty. You know, he, he's not afraid to, to mix it up a little bit. And for a Jets forward core that's looking to add some tenacity to the mix, to me, David Perron would be the perfect guy to go after because he's shown that he can put up points and plays extremely well with high-end skilled players on top of that. So when we're talking about potential names that the Winnipeg Jets could be interested in, could be going after, to me, David Perron tops the list, no doubt about it. Can they make it work? I, I, I don't know. It's tough to say because everyone, I think, around the hockey world assumed Perron would be back with the St. Louis Blues. But if you can weaken a division rival and strengthen your own team at the same time, that's the ultimate victory for a club like the Winnipeg Jets. And I think David Perron checks off all the boxes that you'd be looking for to bring in a piece here to add a different element to what the Jets already have as a pretty high-end skilled group. So David Perron is the guy that I'm most interested in as we head into the free agent frenzy on Wednesday. Not too far back, though, is somebody that maybe to some is a bit of a surprise to be heading to the open market again. And that would be Tampa Bay's Andre Palat. It seemed like the two sides were set to go and looking to be able to find a way to come to an agreement on a long-term deal. But even with the move of Ryan McDonough, Andre Palat appears to be heading to the open market here. And you know what? He, he really is basically the Eastern Conference version of what David Perron has brought to the Blues. Not as physical, I would say, and 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 it certainly doesn't bring the same edge that, that a David Perron would. But what's not to like? about Andre Pallott in the Winnipeg Jets jersey, right? I mean, he's he's not as nasty, but he's not afraid to be physical and, and win puck battles and things like that. He's done a pretty damn good job of that with Tampa Bay for three straight cup final appearances now. If you can play with Kucherov and Pallott, I mean, if you can play with Kucherov and Point and Samkos, I'm sure he'll find a way to make it work with Ehlers, Connor, and Dubois, for example. The guy's a winner. there's not really else to put it. He's been the, in my opinion, the unsung hero on these past two Tampa Bay Lightning Cup runs where, hey, you know, the big dogs get all the credit, but (laughs) Pallott has pretty quietly scored a ton of clutch goals. I think he's been their fourth or fifth uh, biggest point producer during these past three playoff runs, and he's not going to make a ton of money as well, but he's going to, to help drive a line, whichever line that he's on there. You could do a lot worse in free agency than giving a 31-year-old Andre Pallott four or five years at, I don't know, five or six million dollars. So to to me, when you talk about the high-end targets for the Winnipeg Jets, David Perron, Andre Pallott, either one of those happen. The Winnipeg Jets are a much, much better team going into this upcoming season. Now, that would be best-case scenarios. Maybe the more realistic path to all this would be some more under-the-radar type names, guys that aren't going to break the bank the same way but could end up being really savvy additions by the time we look back at free agency maybe seven, eight months from now. We'll get to those ones, a position nobody's really talking about either when it comes to the Winnipeg Jets as well as the rest of everything else that's going around the NHL right now. But before we do that, I want to give a quick shout-out to our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook where there is still... Plenty of action for you to get into this summer, including 
new customers having a risk-free bet of up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1K. And if it doesn't win, you still get another shot to cash in, whether it's baseball, golf, MMA, whatever it might be. Speaking of golf, how about sprinkling a little bit on, oh, I don't know, Colin Morikawa at St. Andrews, the old course, this upcoming week, just throwing that out there. I would say Tiger, but I'm going to stay away from that. Sentimentally, that's how you lose a bunch of money, and I've already done enough of that. But DraftKings Sportsbook is going to make sure they got you covered with some good odds. And, of course, this major, major deal they have on tap for you. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, so the high-end options for the Winnipeg Jets. David Perron, Andre Palat. That would be great. Maybe unlikely. We'll see where that goes. But there are some targets that the Winnipeg Jets could be going after that really all came to fruition these past few days in the NHL. And that's this surprising trend of RFAs who were not tendered qualifying offers by their current clubs. And there's been a handful of them that have hit the open market. Pretty pretty young guys that could be sneaky good pickups this upcoming offseason here. And unfortunately here in Winnipeg, it looks like one of those is going to be hitting the market that was with the Jets last year. And that was Evgeny Sveshnikov. We'll get to him in just a sec. But when we talk about names to look at in free agency, the fact that the Anaheim Ducks did not tender a qualifying offer to Sonny Milano makes less than zero sense to me. It's a guy that... Look to have some pretty damn good chemistry with the Anaheim Ducks' most important player and Trevor Zegras, obviously. But Milano had himself a sneaky, sneaky, underrated good season this past campaign out there in Southern California. I mean, 46 points in 60-some-odd games is, is nothing to sneeze at. And he's not playing a ton either. And he actually, surprisingly, posted some pretty impressive defensive results to go along with it. This is a guy that I think a lot of teams are going to be in on, but it's one of those moves where, hey, look, the Winnipeg Jets are going to struggle to attract any kind of big name in free agency. Maybe going after somebody in that second slash third tier is where the Winnipeg Jets can make that their bread and butter. And I would love, love, love to see a guy like Sonny Milano come here to Winnipeg, be a support piece on a line with either Kyle Connor or Nikolai Ehlers and allow the Jets to spread their wealth throughout the rest of their 12 forward lineup. Milano would be probably, for me, the best case scenario with the RFAs who were not tendered qualifying offers. Sam Steele would be an intriguing bounce-back reclamation project, also from the Anaheim Ducks. The Chicago Blackhawks just... this. It's not even a fire sale anymore. They they burned the entire building down and are, are sweeping away the ashes. Like there is just absolutely nothing left in Chicago these days as they as they embark on this epic tank job for Carter Bedard this upcoming season. But surprisingly, Dylan Strom not tendered a qualifying offer. And the same goes with Dominic Kubalik, who the Jets did have some interest in this past trade deadline. And, and this, I mean, on a bit of an aside here. 
Chicago has not shown that they're very adept at asset management, especially with the way this offseat has gone for them so far. It just it goes to show that, look, sometimes just take what you can get for anybody here because could have got a mid-round pick for Kubelik at the deadline? Probably the same could have been said for Dylan Strome. Now they're letting both of those players walk for absolutely nothing here. Strome, to me, I don't know if the fit is necessarily there here in Winnipeg, although I would like to see a center lineup of Shifley, Dubois, Strome, and Lowry down the middle. I think that would be tremendous depth. I just don't see the Winnipeg Jets going down that path with Rick Bonus. I could be wrong, though. Kubalik would be a guy that wouldn't shock me at all to see Kevin Chevalier off target here. And maybe Dominic Kubalik would be the replacement for Evgeny Svechnikov, who is now on his way out the door, it seems like, at the very least, after he was not tendered a qualifying offer. Kubalik might be the most realistic option of all the names that we've mentioned so far. You know, a guy that could be given an opportunity here in Winnipeg with some pretty skilled and talented players in a top six role. I could see how that would appeal to somebody like a Dominic Kubalik. Also throw in Andre Kasha, who was not re-upped by the Toronto Maple Leafs. A ton of injury history there with Kasha, but look, even though the point production wasn't out of this world in Toronto, he's a <laughs> he can be a really, really impactful player when he's healthy and out there on the ice. And I, I, I don't really envision him breaking the bank all that much either. Don't think it's going to be an especially lucrative contract. And it's not going to be one with a ton of term as well. Wouldn't mind seeing the Winnipeg Jets take a flyer on Kasha if there was interest on his side. So those would be some of the names to take a look at for the Winnipeg Jets as far as younger guys who just hit the market these past few days. Now... Why would the Winnipeg Jets do the same thing, go the same route with Evgeny Sveshnikov here? As they did not tender a qualifying offer to the former first-round pick. They did to Christian Veselainen, by the way, who is reportedly not even going to be in the NHL next season and has signed a deal to go play overseas. But why not give Sveshnikov another chance here in Winnipeg? I, and to be honest, I don't really know what the reason is. Now... This could be a case similar to the Nathan Beaulieu situation a year or two ago where the Jets did not give him a qualifying offer, but they were able to re-sign him at a deal that ultimately was less than the qualifying offer that he would have gotten. So maybe there's a chance Fetch still does stay here in Winnipeg, just at a bit of a lesser number. If that's the case, totally on board with that. If that's not the case, though, this move really doesn't make any sense whatsoever for me. Because you could make the case that the Jets' best line last season had Evgeny Svechnikov on it. Yes, it was with, you know, Dubois and Connor driving the bus for the most part. But really, in trying to build a successful team in the NHL nowadays, you need to find one, maybe two guys like Evgeny Svechnikov. Players that don't make a ton of money, but can still play a support role on a skilled line. Those guys are sneaky valuable around the league these days as we see more of the middle class getting pushed out, right? All these RFAs not getting qualifying offers. All these teams paying assets to get rid of guys on their cap so they can find a way to fill out the rest of their roster. It's not the guys making 8, 9, 10 mil, and it's not the guys making 1 or 2 mil. It's the guys making 3 to 6 million that a lot of these clubs are looking to get rid of. And so when you squeeze out... The middleman that makes 
the extremely valuable and the extremely cheap, some of the most valuable assets you could have in the NHL these days. And to me, Svechnikov is a good player. You know, it's it. Look, it's not a move if Svechnikov ends up in a different location next year that it's going to cost the Winnipeg Jets the cup, or they're going to miss the playoffs because of it. But it's to me more bad process than it is anything else. And again, maybe you know if Kubalik comes in, he's the replacement for Svechnikov. Maybe it all works out for the Jets. But could you not have a world where Svechnikov and Kubalik are both in the Jets lineup and they can ice a top nine that is? extremely well balanced it can match up with a lot of the other ones these high-end teams are throwing out there these days i i just wouldn't be i'd be looking to find more Svechnikovs than i would be trying to push them out the door here I was, I was pretty pretty upset that it went that route although it does feel like it was a bit of a tumultuous relationship between the coaching staff and maybe management uh with Evgeny Svechnikov during this entire past season so maybe there's a little something behind closed doors there. But personally, would love to see Evgeny Sveshnikov come back to the Winnipeg Jets at some point this offseason. So up front, we kind of had things covered there. There really isn't a lot on the back end in free agency, especially now that Chris Letang re-upped in Pittsburgh. I mean, Brett Kulak is an intriguing name. There's a few other guys that would be in the you know second to third pair role. But like I mentioned a few weeks back, the Jets already have enough of those guys, and there's already a log jam on the blue line here in Winnipeg as we speak. I'm not really expecting the Jets whatsoever to make a move for, for anybody in the free agent blue line market. There might be a, a name or two to keep an eye on in the trade market, but free agent-wise, I'd, I'd be shocked if the Winnipeg Jets sign anybody available right now. When we do talk trades, though, there are two names that, that do pique my interest a little bit. One is a guy we've heard a ton of going back to last season, Jacob Chikrin. I'm shocked the Jets are not more heavily rumored to be involved in this. To have a potential number one defenseman who is under team control, young, at a cap hit that is really, really easy to fit in, I'd be looking to move heaven and earth to bring somebody like Jacob Chikrin into Winnipeg, even if it did cost me somebody like Avili Hainala, for example. Doesn't seem like the Jets have all that much interest, though. Probably more of a far-fetched option at this point. I, I, I really don't understand why the Jets haven't been going more full-bore into this to get somebody that could, for example, play with Josh Morrissey on the top pairing for the next four, five, six, seven years. The other name, though, is a bit out there, although I did mention it when we talked about potential targets a few weeks back on the Jets' blue line. And that would be Brent Burns out in San Jose. New GM comes in. We all know that whenever that happens, things can be unsafe for, for a ton of different members of, a, of that organization when a new guy wants to kind of make his stamp. And reports have swirled that the Sharks maybe are looking to part ways with Brent Burns and might work with him to try to find a spot that would be best for him at this point in his career. I think he's got three years left. Uh, just a shade, like somewhere around $8 million. You know, 37 years old, that, that's a pretty high number. But I'll tell you what, it, it, it's not the perfect comparable. I, I, I do understand that. But this team really hasn't been the same since Dustin Bufflin left town. And this is about as close as you can get to what Big Buff brought to the table. What Brent Burns 
offers when he steps onto the ice and, and has shown over these past several years now. And, and even last year, you know, 54 points in 82 games on a bad Sharks team, uh, you know, that would automatically make him the Winnipeg Jets' best defenseman. And you'd have him with a guy like Josh Morrissey. That would be a pretty damn good support piece for somebody like Brent Burns. And honestly, I, I, I don't think the acquisition cost would be all that high. I'm fascinated to know what you think about a potential Brent Burns deal. Let me know on Twitter at Brandon underscore Rewicki, podcast at Skates Plates Pod on Twitter. Would you have a ton of interest in potentially making a move to acquire somebody like Brent Burns? Because I do believe that while there are some other holes to fill, forward composition needs to change, all that, the biggest roster issue for the Winnipeg Jets right now is that lack of a number one stud defenseman. Chikrin, in my opinion, is a worthwhile gamble to take a swing at. I would also throw Brent Burns into the mix there. And we've seen high-end defensemen continue to play extremely well late into their 30s. And maybe giving Brent Burns a shot in the arm on a new team might be the kick of the ass. He needs to take his game back to where it was just a season or two ago. Plus, he's he's an awesome guy. Right? It'd, make, it'd make things a hell of a lot more funner in Winnipeg to watch hockey again where you kind of get a semi-replacement for Dustin Bufflin. I'm all in on Brent Burns. I feel like a lot of you guys out there, though, might be uh, a little bit weary of giving up the assets to uh, grab a guy at 37 years old who's making $7, 8000000 million per year. But we'll see if that even becomes a possibility for the Winnipeg Jets. The final thing free agency-wise, and something that's really gone under the radar over the last little bit, is the fact that you know, the Winnipeg Jets at this moment do not have a backup goaltender. Eric Comrie, set to be a UFA. I would say set to cash in after the year that he had, but, I mean, the goalie market's in kind of a weird place right now, and I don't know if that's necessarily an option for him. What what scares me about this situation is not even what Eric Comrie could garner and what he might cost the Winnipeg Jets this offseason. It's the fact that there's basically nothing out there right now when it comes to the backup goalie spot there is no backup goalie right now assuming Braden Holtby does retire there's no backup goalie on the open market that had a save percentage above 900 this past season it's it's a lot of guys that were you know good options three four years ago but haven't played extremely well for two seasons now and, and that's a scary spot for the Winnipeg Jets to be in, especially when I believe that, you know what, it would do this team a lot of good if Connor Hellebuck played 50 to 55 games this upcoming season instead of something approaching 70. So there's all of a sudden a little bit of urgency on Kevin Sheveldayoff's side of things to make sure he gets Eric Comrie locked down. Not, not, not long term, but even just for this upcoming season to get Eric Comrie locked down. Because I don't think as entertaining as it would be Mikhail Burden is going to be an option at the NHL level as a regular backup this upcoming season. And when you look at the veteran names that are out there, Yaroslav Halak, Tomas Grice, I don't think Ilya Samsonov would be an option here in Winnipeg. None of those really elicit a lot of, uh, a lot of comfort and you know positive vibes and positive feelings that they're going to be able to uh, hold the fort when Connor Hellebuck gets a night off. So... You know, all of a sudden, Eric Comrie becomes a pretty important fixture for the Winnipeg Jets. You know, it's, it is it is just the backup goalie spot. But, hey, we, we see all the time. Sometimes 
the top dog goes down with an injury or whatever it may be, and you need the backup to, to hold the fort for a little while. All of a sudden, Eric Carmi has shown that he could potentially be that guy. Would love to see the Winnipeg Jets give him one more year to see what he's got. So that does it for our free agent preview show. I was going to say that we can get into some of the talk around the NHL, some of the latest moves. Matt Murray goes to Toronto in a bit of a shocker. The Penguins insult a legend in Evgeny Malkin that give Ricard Raquel a ton of money for a ton of years. And Achushkin stays in Colorado on top of that for eight years. It's a hell of a player. Eight years, I think, came as a surprise to a lot of people. Maybe we'll touch on that in our next episode here because it's it's almost midnight and I got a baby that's getting up in about six hours here. So we're going to call it wraps on the episode right there. But we've got a ton to look ahead to and we'll have a ton to talk about when we get back at things later on this week because Friday will be our next episode and we'll break down the first day of free agency, the second day of free agency as well. And where the Winnipeg Jets stand after the first two days of the frenzy kick off. And if we've got some potentially serious moves to discuss here and a bunch of ramifications to go into as well. We'll get into that when we close out the week on Friday. But until then, everybody, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Skates and Plates right here on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki. Have a great week, everybody. Stay safe. Like I mentioned, we'll be back at it Friday morning, looking at the first two days of the Winnipeg Jets in free agency. Until then, have a great week. Peace.